Welcome, we're the Grounded Space Cadets. We can get low spacey, but our feet are firmly planted on the ground. Join us as we navigate all things spiritual, psychological, and astrological. Okay, space babies, suits on, all systems go. Welcome back, everyone. Hello. We, we are the Grounded Space Cadets. I am Marcella. And I am Brittany. And today we have a very special Thanksgiving episode, and I am genuinely excited to discuss this topic, body dysmorphia and spirituality. Yes, it's kind of a heavy topic, but I think a lot of us have experienced this once in our lifetime, if not multiple times. And so it's important for us to talk about now, and it's especially important for us to talk about how um, it's related to spirituality and how we can use our spirituality to cope with it. I agree. Especially, I've noticed as a collective, we're awakening and becoming more aware of how much media has influenced how we see ourselves. Mm -hmm. I think we're beginning to understand truly how much of an impact what is being sold to us has a psychological effect on how we see ourselves. And we've, because we talked about agency on our last episode, Mm -hmm. We've gotten away from intuition. We've gotten away from using our agency. We've relied on external influences telling us whether we are good enough to belong. And we've forgotten to realize that we determine that. We have that agency within ourselves. And, you know, it's it's part of that conditioning because, you know, things are out there to make a profit. Mm -hmm. We forget we live in a capitalistic society. And we've forgotten to maybe use a little bit of that agency and say, okay, this ad is obviously trying to sell me something. It's not telling me that I'm not pretty enough. It's not telling me I'm not good enough. It's not telling me I'm not worthy enough. But that's how we interpret it. Yeah. Or it's not explicitly telling us. Correct. But there are those um, implicit messages that we receive. And speaking of, like, media... Um, with our generation, you know, it was a lot of the media that we consumed that gave us these implicit messages around our bodies um, that was like TV, magazines, movies. But now the younger generations are dealing with social media, mm-hmm. with the effects of uh, Instagram and mm-hmm. TikTok. On, filters. And filters, yeah. Filters is huge. So it's um, it's still quite problematic for mm-hmm. us. But before we get into it, let's go over our announcements. Yes. So one thing I want to announce is that we now have a website. We have a mission control for yes, the Grounded Space Cadets. Yes, I love that mission control. <laughs> yes. yes. So it's really easy to get to. We'll link it in our show notes, but it is thegroundedspacecadets.com. Simple enough. Yeah. Our name, dot com. And, and it's so, one space where they can go and yeah, that's listen what's really to all awesome. the episodes. Mm-hmm. And we have our little blurbs, a little about us. Marcella has hers and I have mine. Um, so you can kind of get to know us a little bit more. And most importantly, we have a contact us page where you can ask us questions um, or offer some insights. Yes. Also, eventually moving on um, from this season, we're going to want to have guests, mm-hmm. right? So if you have something really pressing you want to share that applies to spirituality or psychology or astrology, like you. let us know you might appear on a future episode. Yes, um, I love that. I will be expanding that website over time. Hopefully there will be a blog. Um, but for now, it's it's our hub. It's our mission control. So that's a good place to go. I'm excited about that. Thank you. And, <laughs> you know, we're we're expanding into all the different platforms as well so that, you know, at least this way now we don't have to worry about seeking all the different podcast platforms so that we get the message out there. It's yeah. in one space, one, one website. spot, right. And then um, I have launched Saturnian Living, which is my astrology website. It's very basic right now, but it's basically the place you can go to schedule a reading with me if you're really interested in birth chart astrology and you want to learn a little bit more about yourself and what your chart says about you um, you want to go to Saturnian Living I will link that in the show notes as well um, but the address is saturnianliving.my.canva.site so a little bit more clunky than our Grounded Space Cadets website but um, it's still in the process so maybe eventually I'll buy a domain name, domain name for it but not right now 
Um, I however, it's that. exciting. I, I'm excited. I have some birth chart reading scheduled already for this Thanksgiving week, and hopefully, more listeners will be inspired to seek out my counseling. Yeah, and if you're still on the fence about astrology and how it can guide you through your spirituality journey, take a listen to our previous episode, Astrology. Um, I think that was episode seven. Episode seven. I could be wrong though. The uh, bypassing was number eight. Um, yeah, I think it was episode seven. Yep. So check out the previous episodes, and you know, I love being able to get just a clear idea of my path. And just recently, we've been very aware of the astro updates i've been very in tune with my intuition and mm-hmm. part of this journey you know bringing it back into the episode today body dysmorphia i've i've realized a lot of my natal chart kind of supports this journey i've been on with my mm-hmm. body mm-hmm. right yeah and so in this process especially in this period of time that i am now would i say i'm completely healed from the body dysmorphia no, there's still times it still sparks. I still look in the mirror sometimes and I still immediately want to judge and criticize mm-hmm. versus accept and and, and appreciate mm-hmm. and celebrate. That's that's always now where, where I try to first see what can I celebrate of myself? What can I, you know, really feel grateful for for myself instead of immediately going to like what I don't like. Right. Um, but I feel like in this last four years that I've uncovered my relationship with spirituality it's really allowed me to find that peace to say i love my body as it is even if it isn't perfect Mm -hmm. and that's so important and we'll get into it but it's really important to have that attitude or that reference to your body because the the thoughts that we think right and the Mm -hmm. feelings that we feel towards ourselves it's a feedback loop Mm -hmm to our nervous system, Mm -hmm. right? If we are constantly berating ourselves and putting ourselves down and um, feeling negative about our body, our body in turn is going to respond to those vibrations, right? Those messages, Mm -hmm. those thoughts. Um, And so that's kind of what really shifted my perspective on my body um, was reading about how our mind feeds our body and our body feeds our mind. Yes. And that, you know, of course, a lot of the stress that we experience in our day-to-day life, it's created by us, mm-hmm. right? Like we're no longer running away from that lion anymore, right? Mm-hmm. We're not in the jungle. Um, most things aren't um, solely about survival. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, there are a lot of people struggling and survival is really it for them, mm-hmm. right? But for a lot of us, we the stress that we create it it's within ourselves it is right it comes from us mm-hmm. and talking shit about your body mm-hmm. putting yourself down comparing yourself to others that is sending messages to your body mm-hmm. and once i started looking into that i'll bring up my sources later that i really like but once i looked into that i was like oh i am creating my physical problems mm-hmm. right now the mm-hmm. stress stress is attributed to these lifestyle diseases Mm -hmm. or lifestyle choices and so i have a history of you know heart problems in my family of high cholesterol of hypertension i was born with some weird stuff i had heart surgery when i was five so it's like imperative for me to treat my body well and for a long time i thought that was just exercising eating well i didn't realize that the things that I consumed and how I talked to my body made a difference, but it really yeah. does. And, and you know what is, is key as well in our society, and I'm glad we're, we're evolving past this message, that eating well and exercising means you're on a diet. Yeah. Eating well and exercising is the only way to treat your body right. right. Eating well and exercise is like, like the solution to fixing body dysmorphia. Yeah. Like, no. No. That's just the beginning. That's a tool to to help treat your body well mm-hmm. to it's it's one way that we can help tell our body i'm taking care of you by the way i feed you mm-hmm. by the choices i make when i put things in my mouth 
you know, am I going to choose to put garbage into you or am I going to put things that are going to be nutritious and that are going to help and encourage the millions of processes Mm -hmm. literally that are going on at the same time in my body? We don't think about that stuff, you know, and I said this thought before we started the podcast, like we are basing a lot of the self-judgment on an illusion of ourselves because in reality, we truly don't know 100% what we look like. The image of ourselves is seen through a mirror, which is a skewed image of Mm -hmm. ourselves. It is seen through pictures and film and video, which is through a lens, which is also a skewed image of us. Mm -hmm. So we genuinely do not know. And if you look at yourself from your eyes down, you're looking at yourself at a skewed perspective. So you genuinely do not know what you physically look like. When I came into that thought, I was like, oh, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Like, I really don't know what I look like. I I have an I, I think. But that mirror, I look in one mirror and I'm skinnier in one than I am in the other. And the other, I'm pudgier than I am in this one. I'm like, right. whoa. Right. It's the same concept as filters that we use on social media, right? Like, looking at ourselves at a, through a mirror, that's a filter. It is a filter. That mm-hmm. we have to... We don't have to use it, but I mean, when we look at a mirror, our perception is altered by that filter of the mirror, mm-hmm. and not every mirror is created equal. Mm-hmm. Same with um, Lenses. cameras, mm-hmm. right? And cameras on different phones. Right? And, and we forget that visually, the way we feel about ourselves influences what we see. Right. So if you haven't addressed how you feel about yourself and you're still put, like you said earlier, putting yourself down and, you know, using words that are, you think aren't harmful. You're like, oh, I feel so ugly today. I'm stupid. I'm just so blah, blah, whatever word. I can't even bring those words out anymore because I don't use them to describe myself anymore. So it's like I used to. Yeah. And I and the first thing I would do when I would undress to take a shower was immediately start pointing out all the stuff I st- still needed to work on and forget the years and years because I've been at this for 17 years to take care of my body. I would forget the years of effort to feed it well, to exercise. But not only that, I took on a personal development journey because I understood my mindset had to be addressed mm-hmm. as well. I would forget about all of that and all of a sudden just look at the extra little pudginess, the extra skin, all of the stretch marks that encompass my body because of the yo-yo dieting that I did mm-hmm. for over 10 years of my adult, my, my teenage and early adult life like all of that is all I looked at and I saw it as a bad thing as scars as wounds as mm-hmm. ugly mm-hmm. Yeah. and now I'm learning to appreciate it I'm learning to appreciate my scars which are my stretch marks mm-hmm. I'm learning to appreciate the fact that yeah I've lost all this weight but now I get to work on accepting and loving myself as I am mm-hmm. and that is radical it's very radical right it's radical Mm self-love it's a rebellion against um the patriarchy (laughs) you know and this applies to men and women yeah not just women um if we throw out the word patriarchy people are gonna i assume automatically label us as feminists and i I don't mind Mm -hmm. being labeled as a feminist but um what people don't tend to realize is that no one really benefits from the patriarchy. Um, sure, white cis men tend to hold more privilege in society, um, but it doesn't mean that they're more fulfilled. Right. It doesn't mean that they're feeling more loved. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that they feel like they can express themselves mm-hmm. in their full authenticity and complete wholeness because they, they can't. Mm-hmm. They can't. And so the patriarchy doesn't really serve anyone except for a few people who are incredibly rich and in control. Mm-hmm. And so you mirror or you marry patriarchy with capitalism and you get our beauty standards mm-hmm. that we're up against yeah. and have been in play for my whole life, right, since 1984, since the time I was born. Um, I know my mom has experienced um, a lot of challenges growing up in the 60s and 70s and 80s, and she was an amazing jazzercise instructor. Like, she was so incredibly fit, but I probably shouldn't be talking for her. Sorry, Mom, but I'm bringing you up. Um, 
but she was incredibly fit and um, from what I gathered it, it was for a while it was good but as she matured as she got older as she went through the change mm-hmm. menopause as um, we all will experience if we are um, if we produce menstruation mm-hmm. um, and it was really really challenging for her because she had absolute control over her body most of her life and then all of a sudden she had all. no mm-hmm. control mm-hmm. And it was really, really challenging for her. And um, I, the experiences that she had, I was like, that's how I felt my whole life, Mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how you're feeling right now is kind of how I felt my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's really hard. So going back to, like, the beauty standards, um, we receive them through so many different outlets, mm-hmm. not just media but mm-hmm. are in our day-to-day interactions how we're treated how we're looked at mm-hmm. um and how we treat each other how we treat each other and I, I there is a huge change i do see it in the last 10 years the body positivity movement mm-hmm. um more people are being very vocal with mm-hmm. being okay with who they are where they're at right now with their body size and i think that's really really great but then, you know, you look at some of the comments of these posts and, like, people are still fat shaming mm-hmm. and they're still vile and gross to, and being mean. Because here's the thing. There's one thing to, to talk about health and then there's one thing to talk about body image. Mm-hmm. And I love the body positivity movement, but we forget that we're not saying it's okay, like, to be super unhealthy. Like, we're not encouraging that. Right. But it's saying... Accept where you are, Mm -hmm. love yourself, and then part of accepting where you are, you're going to start making those self-realizations that how you're feeding yourself is not the healthiest and it's not the best for your body. So you're slowly going to start making adjustments Mm -hmm. to how you treat your body, which includes the food that you intake, which Mm -hmm. is, it's been my experience over the last four to five years that now that I, I no longer diet, I no longer put myself on a plan. I don't, I I don't do any of that. Mm -hmm. I just pay attention to how I'm treating my body. Mm -hmm. And as I am more aware of how I treat my body, I realize, okay, right now I'm starting to feel off balance. Yeah. Let me let me do a self-check of what I've been eating, drinking. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, I've forgotten a few things. I've maybe eaten a little yeah. more salt, a little more sugar than I should have. That's why my body... But that's a self-awareness that's come over building over 17 years of yeah. making this my focus. So it's like, how can we increase that body positivity, but also say, yeah, accept your body where you are and realize that maybe how you've treated it up until now hasn't been the best thing for it love yourself love your curves love every single part of you but now it means what are you going to actively do to treat your body better and that also you know you need to address the psychological aspect of it because for myself i'm an emotional eater right right like that was an easy accessible coping mechanism correct if i was stressed or worried like i'm gonna eat a whole bag of chips or I'm going to eat a bunch of cookies and or ice cream mm-hmm. and it's going to immediately make me feel better because you get those endorphins when right. you eat something that's like super tantalizing mm-hmm. to your taste buds. Like you get an endorphin rush, you get a little bit of a high. And so eating is very accessible. Right. So it's a very easy, accessible coping mechanism. And so that is something that I've had to really address is like, oh, okay, this is emotional for me. This is something that I use to self-soothe mm-hmm. right and so I think that's the case for a lot of folks who struggle with weight mm-hmm. is food is just it's, it's in bad food I shouldn't say bad food but food that stimulates that endorphin release um it's so prevalent in our food system yes. I mean like there's a whole science behind yep. the chemistry behind finding creating that this artificial balance. food mm-hmm. that gets people hooked. Right. That gets people hooked to the sweet. Yep. So that gets people hooked to the salty stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they, there's a whole industry. And they even tell you, it. you yeah. can't just have one. One. Yeah. <laughs> but before we, um, and I think we already went off track quite a bit, which we're we are passionate, to do. especially we are about very passionate about it. But I wanted to bring up um, the clinical symptoms and definitions of body dysmorphic disorder and so I've never been diagnosed with this Marcella you said you've never been diagnosed with this but I don't think you necessarily need to be diagnosed um, with this to experience it Mm -hmm. and to cope with it Um, and so 
just to make things a little bit clear about what we're talking about, uh, body dysmorphic disorder is a mental health condition in which you can't stop thinking about one or more perceived defects or flaws in your appearance. A flaw that appears minor or can't be seen by others, but you may feel so embarrassed, ashamed, and anxious that you may avoid many social social blah, sorry social situations. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to add to this. I didn't see this anywhere in my source. This is just from um, MayoClinic.org, but it body dysmorphic disorder tends to kind of be like that gateway to eating disorders correct right or disordered eating anyway Mm -hmm. um and so just as what we were talking about the coping mechanism for me um i would feel badly about how i looked or i would fixate on one thing Mm -hmm. and but as soon as like something happened that caused stress or an upset in my life or Um, frustration what did I do to cope I ate and so Mm -hmm. it started this like terrible relation cycle feedback Mm -hmm. loop right Mm -hmm. where it's like oh shit and then I would feel incredibly guilty well here's about what I consumed here's a little bit of the psychology of that you know as human beings we do more to avoid pain than to gain pleasure so you're like okay I know if I eat that tub of ice cream right now, it might make me feel good right now, but I know I'm going to feel like shit later because I'm going to feel guilty. I'm going to damn myself. I'm going to condemn myself for doing it, blah, 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 blah. You know there's pain coming, right? But right now you're like focused on the pleasure, but you're like, okay, so I'm trying to avoid pain. So why would I still eat it if I'm trying to avoid pain? Well, you're not thinking of that future pain. You're thinking of the pain you have right now. And right now, this is more, it's prevalent. It's uncomfortable because we're, again, going back to previous episodes where we've talked about quote unquote negative emotions. No, they're uncomfortable emotions because we haven't been educated to have this emotional awareness and understand what these messages, because that's all emotions are. They're messages from your from your soul, from your heart. We haven't been taught to interpret these messages. So you're you're feeling pain in the moment. You don't care you're going to feel pain in the future. Mm -hmm. You're feeling pain right now. Mm -hmm. And because we've associated this coping mechanism uh, of feeling good when we eat certain foods that make us feel good, that's your instinct. I want to get rid of this pain right now. Mm -hmm. I don't care about how I'm going to treat myself later and condemn myself and feel guilty and be in that loop later. Right now, I just want to get rid of this pain. Or the fact that it's just instant gratification, right? And it's accessible. Yeah. It's easy. Because we're trying to get rid of the pain. And so you have, when I started to realize when these instincts would come out to want to overeat, to want to binge, because I was a binger. I used to throw food away. I used to dig it back out of the trash. I used to hide fast food and go buy it, park somewhere, eat it, throw it in dumpsters, air out my car, Put fr- like it was bad. Mm-hmm. I used to, it was because people thought I was on this health journey, so I had mm-hmm. to hide the right. fact that it, on there were certain days I wasn't on this health journey. Right. I had to hide the fact that I was struggling. Yeah, you know, and no one and I still didn't understand it. That's why I felt like I had to hide it. Right. I mean, I went to those extremes. Right. And. <sighs> Shame around being human, right? It's like yeah. shame around like... Because you've oh, said, I, Marcella, for the past two years, you're on this health journey. What happened yeah. to that? And that's one of the signs and symptoms is that perfectionist tendency. Like, I got to be perfect at this all the time. And if I slip up, then I got to start all over. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if that comes from the old psychology of like AA, where it's like, you have a drink, you, you start you, over. You have to start all over yeah. again. And I say, fuck that. No, <laughs> you're fuck still that. progress. Like, you had all this yeah. progress. You haven't you ruined that progress. It. And that's exactly that goes back to everything that I feel about how we perceive time and how we perceive progress. Progress is not linear. No, right? It's not a straight line. It's going to be up and down. It's going to be cyclical. And um, the the more that we can embrace that the easier it is for us. And so I still struggle with the guilty feelings mm-hmm. of when I eat or if I decide to rest instead of work out. Right. Because resting is just as important as working out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I still will have that negative self-talk 
or that doubt like like if I don't work out today I'm gonna regret it tomorrow because I just had a bowl of ice cream Mm -hmm. it's gonna pack on because I do have a tendency to gain weight quickly it's Mm -hmm. just my body Mm -hmm. and so knowing that I'm like oh god this one little thing that I eat today it's gonna affect me tomorrow and so I still have those thoughts that I deal with but I I now we're getting into the spirituality where it's like I recognize that this body is a gift, mm-hmm. right? My soul is inhabiting this body for a very specific specific reason, for a purpose, for a journey. And um, it doesn't, that bowl of ice cream in the grand scheme of things does not fucking matter right. at all. Right. <laughs> does not matter at all. And here's where we haven't been taught, this other part we haven't been taught about intention. Intention is very powerful. Mm-hmm. So... You're going to get a little confused about what I have to say right now, but please just go with me on this one. I have a bag of potato chips, right? And if I'm in the mentality of binge eating and putting myself down and trying to make myself feel better, you're stuck in that psychology loop, right? Mm -hmm. I eat that bag of chips Mm -hmm. and then it continues that cycle. Whereas I'm elevated to a point now spiritually where I'm like, you know what? I want some chips. Mm -hmm. Do I need them? No, but I want them. What's the intention behind these chips? Satisfy a craving, whatever it is. Okay. How I perceive this bag of chips is how my body is going to receive it because Mm -hmm. intention is powerful. Mm -hmm. So if I tell my body I'm about to feed you crap and Mm -hmm. it's going to make you feel guilty, Mm -hmm. guess what's going to happen as soon as I put that first chip in my hand, in my mouth? Your body's going to treat it like an alien invader. It's going to react (laughs) that. It's going to start creating the chemicals and the hormones to react that way. Whereas if I say, you know what? I love myself. I adore myself the way that I am. I love my body. A few chips ain't going to ruin it. Yeah, And even not even having that process is just more of like, I want some chips and these are going to be nutritious because you know what? My body's going to receive these as sustenance. Right. Not nutrition, but it's going to receive it as sustenance. Guess what? Your body's going to figure out a way how to convert that bag or a few chips into sustenance. Yeah. Because intention is powerful and your body is the most powerful pharmaceutical company that you have existing on planet earth it's in your brain Mm -hmm. and if you tell it what to produce it will produce that yeah and then it brings a sort of very beautiful ritual to eating food right like it's nurturing and then it's food is no longer seen as um adversary right that you're constantly fighting yourself over like or fighting that's with. a stress that i don't yeah. need man yeah. i've got life to worry about i have career decisions to worry about i have people mm-hmm. to worry about i don't want to have to worry about if food is harming me or not if i just put myself in the state of i will treat my body like a i hate to say it this way but like a temple mm-hmm. <laughs> then you know what? It's going to respond like a temple. Right. And the whole idea of like food being the enemy, like a lot of people feel that way because we do, there's been so many food documentaries that have come over over the past 20 years where it's like, oh, this is bad, this is bad. Mm -hmm. Like we're just, we have all this new knowledge about the chemistry of food and the chemistry of our body that um, it's very easy for us to get into this like fearful mindset about the food we're consuming. But if we do approach food as like this this beautiful sustenance that is going to nurture and nourish the body versus harm the body mm-hmm. um it's the metabolism of it i think is going to be different right right i agree and when i do that i eat less right of the, yep. the sweets and Same. the salty, i don't finish like, the bag of chips right like it's like oh a few chips is really enough like mm-hmm. i see it for what it is or feel it or mm-hmm. think it and for what it is because and... you're not condemning it right yeah you're, you're not condemning it as right. and you're not making it seem like it's something you shouldn't be doing so it's almost like you you do it just to rebel a little bit right. you know it's just it's just food right it's just food and it's been really okay so For the last 17 years, I was very active in coaching other people on how to lose weight. And so I very much pertained to that world. Mm -hmm. And I was very much coached and guided by other trainers and nutritionists and dietitians that come from that world. So Mm -hmm. I very much was a part of it. Mm -hmm. However, when I started going through the spiritual awakening, I no longer wanted to just be that same typical person that told you you're overweight. Here's how to fix it. Mm -hmm. 
because that wasn't the case anymore. Mm-hmm. It was deeper than that. Mm-hmm. I And it was even deeper than mental health for me. Once I realized this is deeper than me seeing my body a certain way, this is like a deeper relationship with God, with universe, with mm-hmm. source, with creation. Mm-hmm. Like if I can get down to that, I've, I see the light now. Yeah. I see the light. Because I started to see the light at the end of the tunnel when I started doing personal development and working on the mental aspects of my body dysmorphia. But it was still so far away. It was still a tunnel that seemed to... I saw the light, but it still kept extending mm-hmm. as I traveled through it. Does that make sense? And mm-hmm. I never seemed to approach the light, but I saw it, mm-hmm. which was cool. Yeah. Now that I found spirituality, like... I, I can't tell you I'm at the light, mm-hmm. but it's getting closer. Right. It's getting brighter yeah. every single day. And I know that when I look in the mirror first thing in the morning, I just like, I no longer just want to criticize and judge. Right? Does it happen, like I said earlier, every course, so often? Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't happen every day. It's not the first thought. I took the mirror out of my bedroom too, so that it wasn't the first thing that I saw that I got into a gratitude state first that's so funny i took the mirror out of my room too like two years ago when i started going through my spiritual awakening yeah Yeah. totally i was like i don't want this here anymore this is like bulky big i mean in my mind i was like this is bulky big i don't need it but it's 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 incredible when you start to tap into what your soul wants and what your spirit wants it's very freeing it is very liberating it's very liberating um and it's our our flesh, our appearance, it is, like people say, like it's only skin deep, mm-hmm. right? Like, and it changes. And I think that's why, especially as women, because of all the biological processes that we go through monthly and then towards the latter part of our adult age through menopause, like we are such beings of change yeah. like our bodies change constant change constantly and it is frustrating and and i and feel like we still like... don't have an understanding on how much that impacts the human psychology right. we have a, a an idea right. of how hormones impact human psychology but we still i feel like we still don't really have that full understanding yeah and every person is unique because everybody is looking through their own lens mm-hmm. so even though we all produce the same hormones and we may produce we have certain Different patterns each of things yeah. exactly we all have our own lens that we're experiencing life through so it's like you can't really this is why i got away from being a coach in the typical weight loss world because the cookie cutter plans don't work right i realized every single woman is so unique and i, I say women a lot because i worked with women but mm-hmm. obviously this affects men and mm-hmm. women mm-hmm. you know it this is a societal across the board not just men and women every single person i should say yeah i shouldn't say men or women i should say person every being on earth is affected by all of these influences and we all have to overcome these dysmorphias of ourselves because at the end of the day we don't know what we look like Mm -hmm. and we're curious we're curious human beings we want to know what we look like but at the same time we want to be loved and accepted because it's part of human nature it is one of our core 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 needs and that's what the industry feeds on mm-hmm. is that desire to be accepted to belong to be wanted and you marry that with our societal values um of like i mean i feel like we're moving away from this but it's still very much a thing where like a woman is valued by who she marries mm-hmm. right or mm-hmm. getting married um i don't get it very much but I know some women who are our age who are still single, they mm-hmm. get asked all the time, like, oh, mm-hmm. aren't you going to settle down, get married, mm-hmm. have kids? Right. Like, oh, yep. is that that? I get it all the time, what, too. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Like, is that it? And that's not for me. What's your and, purpose in life if you don't have kids? <laughs> I'm all, really? Right, right. Really? And so there's still that messaging that, like, we need to look a certain way so we can a- attract a mate, mm-hmm. a suitor, a husband, right? And then like a settle to husband. A, and then settle down and, and be a wife. And um Oh dude, you just remind I someone told me to watch Bridgerton and I tried. I really tried. <laughs> the first episode when she was like talking to the guy that were riding horses and she's like, My only mission in life is to be ex- chosen by like blah 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 man and I was like done but that was very much the goal of victorian <laughs> it was times right like for i, I couldn't watch that women. show though it is actually kind of it is it does have a bit of a um, progressive lens as you move forward through the series yeah. but i only watched the first season but yeah. anywho, um i mean 
that is not my reality, right? Yeah. Like my family has been very supportive of me being single and like pursuing my dreams. Um, my dad has always kind of pushed me to be independent and make sure I make my own money and stuff like that. That's awesome. um, and so Same. it's a slightly, I think, different for me, but I, I know depending on the culture and where you're at, like it, it's just things are still things still feel very antiquated they do well in my family they encouraged that part but they also wanted to they also wanted me to fulfill the the traditional part like they they saw my potential they knew i want i I was i was my mom's always told me like i know you're gonna do great things Mm -hmm. that was i love my mom for always saying that when i was a kid i know what she wanted for me was just a better life you know Mm -hmm. and and at, at least those words that she learned to tell me honestly did inspire me to like be that person that does something great that goes into other expectations in psychology wanting to like you know (laughs) yeah be that person but anyways another episode for another time but anyways i've i've lost my train of thought with that one shoot so sorry yeah Uh, yeah expectations expectations yeah yeah so I, i very much like was encouraged to be successful in the modern age, but my mom was like, but I want you to get married and I want you to have kids. Well, that's that's the problem is that we're kind of in this transitional phase of like women's and non-binary people's liberation, but there's like huge, a huge pushback or like, okay, we want you to do this, but we also want you to do the same thing you did before. Right. And it's like, we can't do it all. Right. And I think that's part of the problem because with beauty standards is like we're expected to do all the things mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And it's going back to like owning your authority and your agency. You choose you how you want to show up in this life. Yes. You choose how you want to show up in this life. There will be people who are for it and there will be people who are against it. Don't do it for those reasons. Yeah. It's for you and for you alone, you know. And, um, you know, going back to the medical terms and how body dysmorphia is defined like this, you may seek out numerous cosmetic procedures to try to fix your perceived flaws. Afterwards, you may feel temporary satisfaction or a reduction in your distress, but often that anxiety returns. Mm -hmm. You know, we see that over and over again. When you have body dysmorphic disorder, you intensely focus on your appearance and body image, repeatedly checking the mirror, grooming or seeking reassurance sometimes. And it's it's external reassurance. Mm -hmm. We forget that we have the power of of seeking this assurance from ourselves mm-hmm. but we we don't feel like we have enough power to say i belong i pertain i'm good mm-hmm. enough i have to t- have someone outside of me tell me that right and i feel like that's where we need to remember this is why the whole woman empowerment thing i had a little issue with the whole term mm-hmm. I love the concept of it. I love empowering women, but it's like you have the power within yourself. No one's here to give it to you. No one's here to show you how to do it. Like you just need to uncover and realize that you have the power to accept yourself. You have the power to love yourself. You have the power to say, I love my body. I don't care if it looks like her or if it looks like the other one. Mm -hmm. I don't have their lifestyle. Therefore, why would I expect myself for my body to look that way? I want it to look how I want it to look. Mm -hmm. But it's like most of us don't ask ourselves how do I feel happy about my body? Mm-hmm. Like looking, we always expect, I don't even know if that sentence made sense. Like we never asked ourselves, what is my standard of beauty is what I think is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. What is my standard of beauty? Right. And when I asked myself that, it was completely different from the traditional standard of beauty. Do I love glamming up and getting ready and getting fancy and getting my nails done and hair done sometimes? Absolutely. Right. I'm not saying anything against that. But I don't seek that every day. I used to not be comfortable leaving the house without putting 20, 30 minutes worth of makeup on. Mm -hmm. I wasn't comfortable, like, you know, showing up outside of my home if I didn't look a certain way. Like, and if I happened to be out and about and didn't look up to par, oh my goodness, if I ran into someone, I I try to hide, I try to avoid Mm -hmm. because you don't want to be judged, you don't want to be criticized, and they could probably care less. Right, right. But it's just the way that you perceive it. Right. Right? So it's like we have this power within us. And if we just, what spirituality has truly allowed me to uncover is the fact that I, the soul, not the body, not the mind, not the emotions, Marcella, the soul, whatever her actual glorious divine name is, (laughs) she's in charge. Right. You know? And she has the power. Mm -hmm. And if I have the power to create life, I Mm -hmm. have the power to create different emotions. And I have the power to create a different perspective of myself. And I have the power. Mm -hmm. I have the power. Mm -hmm. When that sunk in, 
Yeah. That's when it started to really change. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's still a daily battle and it's still something that I work on. I wouldn't call it a battle. It's still work that I do daily, but yeah. it's no longer a battle. It's no longer a war I'm trying to fight. It's just trying to get to a space of true peace with myself. Right. And while I've done that, I've noticed that I've just treated myself better. Yeah. I eat better. I, I, I just, I'm just active. Not yeah. because I have to work out. I just am yeah. because I want to be, mm-hmm. you know, I, I dress how I want, mm-hmm. like not how I'm expected to. And it's like, sometimes it looks a little screwy, but I'm like, I don't care. I feel comfortable the way that I am. And it's just like walking out that house right now with that emotion of, I don't care if you like the way I look or not has been very liberating for yeah. me. And that hits home for me because when I realized that my mind and body work together and that what I tell myself affects my body, um, I realized that I just want to feel good in my body. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to be more focused about how I feel in my body mm-hmm. now that I am embodied. And this happened after my dirt bike accident where all of a sudden it was like <laughs> I was – surged back into my body like the way I visualize it is like where my maybe my aura or my energy body was kind of like floating around my head and not really around my body and then I broke open my spleen and my ribs and then it was just like that energy just Mm -hmm. back into my body Mm -hmm. and then I spent time in the ICU with my hand over my spleen saying you're gonna stop bleeding you're gonna stop bleeding you don't want to be removed from this body like stop bleeding and it did stop bleeding and I didn't need surgery so and I powerful. didn't need a blood transfusion. And that was so convincing to me. Like, oh shit, like I have so much power, power. and authority over my body. Yes. And I'm not saying that like I can like mend a broken bone in my body overnight <laughs> or anything like that. Nothing silly like that. But or what make I, people walk. Yeah. What I think about my body is really, really important. And then it was from that point on because then all of a sudden I couldn't work out. And I was like, oh, shit, I, I can't. I can only walk for three to four months. Like, mm-hmm. the doctors were very stern. They're like, do not get on the motorcycle. Do not ride a bicycle. Do not even get on the elliptical. Mm-hmm. Like, you can walk, and that's it. And that was, like, disastrous. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to gain so much weight. Oh, shit, I won't be able to work out. But then I started walking, and it was very serene and really connecting with my body. And then I realized I just want to feel good mm-hmm. in my body like I don't want to fight with it anymore if I can talk to my spleen and negotiate with my spleen <laughs> to stop bleeding like what else can I do with this body that's right amazing. Mm-hmm. and so that's where the spirituality really came in for me is like really connecting and being embodied I mean I think I, I went through most of my late teens my 20s and my early 30s mm-hmm. just living in my head and being disembodied yes and only seeing my body as something to be angry with yes and to fix to fix yeah exactly to, to fix. constantly fix a project and that is the messaging we get from the beauty industry that's the messaging we get from all around us And we feed it to each other because we're so psychologically embedded with those ideas that we with the culture. I mean, there's not validate each other in that regard. Like, yeah, you should do that. Yeah, Yeah, that would make you look a certain way. Or fuck yeah, that would make you blah 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 blah. It's like instead of trying to encourage because again, it's just not part of our societal conditioning. Yeah, and I don't want to pass any judgment on people who want to get Botox and things like that. Like that's not what we're saying at all. Yes, yes. but we're saying that when you start to see... From what space are you doing it? Yeah, from what space are you doing it? And when you start to see yourself from a spiritual lens, um, you're it's just guaranteed you're going to have more acceptance for where you're at, right? Because um, nothing is stagnant. Our nothing bodies is. are not stagnant. They're mm-hmm. um, these amazing biological entities yes right and there's so much that's happening within our body that we have to constantly have to accept it but i mean accepting the numerous changes that we go through like it's just living in harmony with it all it's so liberating (laughs) but it's 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 coming back to living in harmonious state with nature Yeah. yeah and part of that harmonious state with nature is understanding that as you age your body requires a different influences Mm -hmm. 
a different psychology mm-hmm. because you're going through different life experiences as you age. You're also producing different things in your body because as you age, things start to move and shift and mm-hmm. deteriorate and blah, 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 blah. And it's like... And older women are not valued in our society. They're not valued. And we have this like we infantilization of, of women where like we want them to look like they're 18 for the rest of their yeah, lives. Like which when is just there's bullshit. a 50-year-old that doesn't look 50, you're like, oh my God, yeah. like you don't look 50. Like what is it's 50 gross. supposed it's to like, look like? It's like, why do we want to stay in this psychological mindset of being youth like mm-hmm. there's no wisdom there there's like no wisdom there's in youth. nothing like nope. really to be gained other than like sexual attraction mm-hmm. that's it and how, chaos how fucking boring and shallow is that yeah like it's boring to me it like is. let's start aging like i'm glad i had those experiences but i am so ready for this next phase yeah. i'm excited to i'm 37 i'm excited to get into my 40s because to me it's no longer about the age it's about what more I know. wisdom and yeah. what different perspectives am i going to be able to gain as i get older and 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 that to me is exciting you know and it's like i'm excited to watch that National Geographic show with Liam Liam Hensworth about how to defy aging. Is it limitless? Limitless. Okay. Because one of the one of the spliffs or little like blurbs that came out trailers that one of the doctors or scientists that he was working with said, if you can accept getting old, that alone keeps you young. Exactly, and this is the theme of this episode, right? It's Mm -hmm. like stop fighting with yourself if you're fighting with yourself you're causing stress in your body if you're causing stress in your body you're prematurely aging yourself yes and so you're making the dysmorphia even worse Mm -hmm. because you're you're kind of deteriorating yourself right versus accepting where you are i know it sounds like mumbo jumbo hocus pocus stuff like the 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 pieces will literally start falling into place after that you will It'll be easy to eat nutritiously. It will be second nature to stay active. It's going to be something you reach for to actually want to feed your mind something different than this Kardashian reality show. Like as you reach this level of love for yourself, mm-hmm. your actions start to reflect that mm-hmm. because you you truly genuinely are at peace with that and then as soon as we begin to accept ourselves then it's easier to accept other expressions of individuals yeah like the whole oh my like gosh, yes. intolerance of lgbtq people and of trans people trans folks like to me those who are threatened or by, that don't understand don't it. Underst- it was, a lot of it is not understanding it and just going off of what people are telling mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. um but it's like if you are feeling threatened or hatred towards people who are different than you, then that's highlighting a hatred that you're feeling within yourself. About and I, yourself. a lot of times I think it's, it's the about fact yourself. that you cannot fully express who you really are exactly. because you were told it wasn't safe to Correct. at some point. Correct. And if that's the issue, like you have the key to your own liberation by accepting yourself. And then once you start accepting yourself, then it's going to be easier to accept other people. Exactly. For who they are. Exactly. Yeah. That's beautiful that we just came full circle to that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you know, and as a disclaimer, we didn't really say it up front. We're not talking about gender dysmorphia, uh, dysphoria, sorry. Or Actually, I'm going to let you handle this one because you're a little more familiar. Yeah. Um, body dysmorphia, those who, the folks who are transgender, they they have a bit of body dysmorphia, so there's like an overlap, but I, I wanted to stress that we're not talking about gender dysphoria or pathologizing gender identity. Um, so body dysmorphia and gender dys- dysphoria have some similarities, but historically gender dysphoria is a mental health diagnosis that historically been used to treat trans people, to like treat, quote unquote, quote unquote treat. make them straight, mm-hmm. fix them, right. and to bar them from their human rights to body autonomy and appropriate yeah. health care. And um, if you if you are walking around this world today not accepting who you are in your body, you're going to project that out onto other people. And so trans people, LGBTQ people, um, anyone who is like 
shifting away from the binary right now are are being treated terribly. They're being mm-hmm. murdered. Mm-hmm. They're being murdered. They are. And because they have they're under, they're they have they're accepting who they are inside. Mm-hmm. And so that's threatening to other people because other people cannot accept who they are exactly. inside. And so if we can that's move where that to a place where hatred comes from is not accepting right. yourself, therefore I'm going to show hate towards another person. Right. Right. But it's really hate that you have for yourself. Right. Yeah. And it's just, it's so, it's so goddamn upsetting to me. Um, we just had a mass shooting in Colorado Springs at Club Q, which was one of the, I think the only like LGBTQ bar in Colorado Springs. It was the only place for um, LGBTQ folks to like go and feel and like have fun with their, with their friends and not have the fear of violence. And, um, People were murdered on Sunday. Because and it's just someone like, disagrees with the, them living With their out expression loud, of who they are. Them just living their lives yeah. and being ex- accepting, of them, accepting of themselves. And you so know, immediately I get angry. And I know like right. the, the anger is valid. But then I see like this, the person who, who did this, they're brainwashed and they're hurting mm-hmm. so much inside. And I don't want to say that excuses the violence or that excuses no. anything. But like they are such a shell of a person mm-hmm. that they have to violently express their pain. And it's just, and it's so fucking messed up. It is. It really is. And here's where us as a society can maybe flip the lens a little bit because that is very hurtful. And I always, I still get triggered by a lot of like sexual abuse and, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. And I have to ask myself where that hurt is coming from. And I realized something in my personal development journey, like hurt is meant to teach us what we need to do with our lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and for me, when I came into that realization, I've done stuff with that hurt and shared with other people that now I'm seeing the positive effects of me just sharing my story Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that that pain that caused me so much pain and and turbulence my entire life is now serving other people but it's also serving me Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. it's teaching me about myself and where i need to focus yeah and the reason i bring that up is if if at all through this episode you had any breakthrough a breakthrough is a moment in time when you realize something is impossible is all of a sudden possible if you had any breakthroughs about yourself in this episode i want to invite you to act on it. Mm. Whatever that looks like, whatever it is to go to a mirror and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I mistreated you. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm, I'm I'm channeling someone's hurt right now that's hearing this mm-hmm. because I did that with mm-hmm. myself. I went to a mirror and I said, I'm sorry mm-hmm. I mistreated you. And I like caressed my entire body mm-hmm. and I told it how much mm-hmm. I was like grateful for everything that it does for me every day. I was grateful for it to also have lived those uncomfortable experiences. And I apologized for putting it through those uncomfortable experiences because I know I had control over 99.9% of it. Mm -hmm. And so I I took full ownership and responsibility and it was so liberating. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was just that moment that I needed to act. And then from then on, you know, you, you continue to act in those moments of breakthrough but if you've had any breakthroughs today like find something that you can act on whether it's write yourself a letter look at yourself in the mirror like do something to tell yourself i'm sorry i i promise we will work at this Mm -hmm. and i promise that i love you Mm -hmm. i love my body and i will do things to show you i love you like that alone having that conversation with your body is is gonna be so liberating because it all comes down to a story that you've made up about yourself. And I also want people to question, like, where is this attitude? Where is this idea of how my body should look? Where is that coming from? Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, one of the big benefits of becoming a spiritual person is really living through my agency and mm-hmm. my authority and trusting my intuition and leaning into like how my heart feels Mm -hmm. and making decisions from the heart really just being authentic right Mm -hmm. and a lot of times these thoughts that we have about how we should look they're not authentic to who we are Mm -mm. they're not they're from external sources correct right 
And so if you could give yourself a moment to be like, as soon as that thought pops into your head, like, oh, gosh, um, my nose looks its so wide and getting so big. Just stop and ask, where is that coming from? Mm-hmm. Is that really from me? Mm-hmm. Or is that from outside of me? Yes. Right? Like, is that from some external source? Because mo- more than likely, it's from an external source. And we don't realize how powerful identity is. Mm-hmm. How you see yourself subconsciously, like... The strongest need in human beings is the need to stay consistent with how they think or who they think they are. Mm-hmm. Who they think they are. Mm-hmm. So if you say, I'm an emotional eater, mm-hmm. even if you work at it, until you stop identifying as an emotional mm-hmm. eater, yeah. your subconscious, all it's going to do is to steer you to act to things to keep mm-hmm. you congruent mm-hmm. with who you think you Very are. True, yeah. So... It's addressing your identity. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I always, I used to say I'm an emotional eater. I had emotional eating tendencies before. Mm-hmm. I've worked at them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I no longer say I am an emotional yeah. eater. Yeah. You know, I did have those tendencies. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's working on the identity. So if you can address where this identity for me came from, it took years. I thought it was just, I was uncomfortable with my weight. Well, why did I gain weight? Well, you know, growing up, eating this, that, okay, no, there's more to it. Why did I gain weight? When I was 12 years old, I've shared this before, I was molested. Right. And to me, it was a protective mechanism because to me, society told us if you're attractive, you're sexually attractive. Yeah. To me, attractive meant sexually attractive. And then there's that like horrible line that like, oh, she was asking for it because she dressed exactly. or looked a certain exactly. way. Exactly. And so, oh, and it happened I don't, in my family. I don't want to portray that. So yeah. I'm going to put on weight. I'm going to dress But then way. as I gained the weight, I was no longer part of like this feeling accepted in society right. because I didn't look a certain way. I so I, it, it was this constant it's battle like and lose. war. It's it lose, was lose, lose. All the time. Lose, lose. So when I finally discovered where this identity of weight came from, mm-hmm. then I could address that. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where I've been working at you know I shared with you guys on the last episode I'm endeavoring on therapy myself because mm-hmm. this this still very much is a part of my life and mm-hmm. I've understood that I still respond a certain way because of that 12 year old molested girl mm-hmm. from a space of that 12 year old molested girl mm-hmm. as a 37 year old woman I still act from that space mm-hmm. and it's been very evident so i'm ready to heal that wounding mm-hmm. you know no longer pointing fingers no longer saying well it's because you because him because that mm-hmm. now it's saying i take ownership yeah i get to choose to heal yeah and let it go and teach me about myself because i know the identity i'm i'm creating Mm-hmm. And that I see myself as that part is anchoring me down to a part of me that no longer serves me mm-hmm. and I'm ready to raise it basically it's almost like I've been deflated my entire life and like mm-hmm. my body's ready to inflate to its full capacity and fill mm-hmm. my entire mm-hmm. being does that make sense yeah you're ready to take up space I'm ready to take and up that's... space as my authentic self and psychologically gaining weight is taking up space it is right it's mm-hmm. and i didn't feel seen or heard i shouldn't say psychologically but symbolically it's, it's taking up space so it's if you're not feeling heard if you're not feeling seen um packing on weight is a way to be seen and it, you know it doesn't necessarily mean you like want that attention right but it's it's an accessible way sometimes, just like how eating is a coping mechanism. But I really, truly love how you brought up identity mm-hmm. and the way you phrase things. Like how I said I am an emotional eater, you're 100% correct. Like, um, you know, like I used, to, I used to work with children on the autism spectrum. Um, and we would use language in a way where it's like, oh, I work with autistic children. It's like, no, I work with children who have autism. Right? Yes. It's like removing the diagnosis from their identity correct. because they're not just their autism right right and it's like it's really important Mm -hmm. i'm so happy you brought that up because it's really going to help people who are listening to this right now really that's a very tangible way to start rethinking how they feel about their body right identity right like Mm -hmm. instead of saying um i'm an overweight person right like i'm somebody who has more mass? <laughs> I don't know someone if that anybody will put understand that reference. Yeah, but that's but from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, um, I missed that one. But <laughs> <laughs> I have more mass. But anyway, um, 
Like just changing the way you identify yourself. And the way you describe yourself is powerful Mm -hmm. because remember, words carry intention. Right. So if you can, at surface level, you want to work on words Mm -hmm. because words are going to lead to thoughts. Thoughts are going to lead to to actions, mm-hmm. right? So you want to work at the surface level that's going to start to kind of encourage you. It's that whole like fake it until you make it, which right. I, 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 I semi-encourage mm-hmm. because it, it's kind of been lost in translation, that mm-hmm. whole fake it until you make it. It's more of just bringing to surface where you want to go, who you, who you want to be, and then slowly now molding the thoughts and, act, and, and, and ideas and identity around that so that you can then get your being to take action Mm -hmm. to then make sure that those actions are congruent with that identity. And I feel like over the last four years that I finally uh, endeavored my spirituality journey, I can finally say that I'm truly taking those steps to stay congruent with that healthy person that I've always seen myself as, you know, and I no longer identify as emotional leader. I no longer say I was big boned, you know, I'm big boned. I'm emotional eater. I am a stress eater. Like I no longer bring in that because this is going to sound harsh and I apologize if you take it harshly. Those are just excuses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's excuses to not take ownership, to say that I have the power to change this if you want. Yeah. Because you know what? You can live life however the heck you want and be happy because suffering is a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people don't know where to start and they don't mm-hmm. have the support. And that's like, but it's on you. And we've said it before on past ap- episodes that like, you're not responsible for your trauma. Mm-hmm. You're not responsible for the way you were treated as a child. Um, but as an adult, you're responsible for healing and treating mm-hmm. the trauma. I agree. And we have a lot of resources now in this day and age. Luckily, we have a lot of different ways that we can receive help. Um, and so and if it's you, up to you. If you are really truly ready to maybe take a few steps towards working on your identity, but you don't know where to start, reach out to me. I have 17 years of working with these types of strategies and working with other women. I've had about five years experience. And you know, I may not be the solution of it, but I can steer you in a direction and help you with some questions, some prompts that are going to steer you in a direction to help uncover where you want to go, who you want to be, and what are the things that are hindering you. I would be more than happy to set up a, a, a you know, a free 30-minute session with anybody that wants to do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I am here for service. I would love to share my journey and experiences because I feel, like I said, I'm not that tunnel is very, very, the end of the tunnel is visual. It's like I see it, the light is expanding, but I know I'm still doing work myself to get there. Mm-hmm. So if I can help in any way, shape, or form, I would love to be a part of your healing journey. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, Marcella has experience in coaching and nutrition, so she is a good person to contact for that. Just go to our website, thegroundedspacecadets.com, and send us a message. Absolutely. Um, and this so, was a powerful episode. Yeah. Um, most definitely i feel like there's a lot more that we could say about it should we have a part two spirituality um maybe in the future we have maybe in season two yeah i think season two we have one more episode that Mm -hmm. we're gonna do for this season our first season Mm -hmm. and then we're gonna go on a holiday break and so our final episode of the season will have to do with um, our trip to Sedona. So yes. maybe in season two, we'll, we'll come back to it because I definitely want to touch more. I feel like we t- touched on a lot of like the biological stuff and the I would love to touch more on the identity. And, and spirituality yeah. aspect of it. I mean, really what it comes down to, our spirituality, I feel like Marcella and I, our spirituality is very just like, it does have a lot to do with like mental health, psychology. Yeah. Um, it's very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? And I don't want to say it's interdisciplinary, mm-hmm. meaning like we pull from a lot of different mm-hmm. things. We do. Um, but really what it comes down to is just like fucking acceptance, mm-hmm. right? Yep. To me, that's a spiritual act of accepting yes. who we are, where we're at today. And then m- what I do is I meditate mm-hmm. and I pray and I offer gratitude to mm-hmm. my body. Mm-hmm. Like I'm... We're also lucky to be here. I mean, so many things could have gone wrong, yeah. right? Like I had heart surgery when I was five. Um, I was lucky to be born in a time where that sort of surgery was offered. So right. my life is extended. Correct. So I feel like I'm living on borrowed time, to mm-hmm. be honest. Like, so every day is a fucking gift, right? Yeah. And that has really motivated me to 
live authentically and live after, as if life is a fucking gift yeah, so i think with that, that accident with that that's a beautiful place to end all right let's do a card pool. we're gonna do a quick card pool today um we're gonna make this a part of every podcast it was great last one yeah it was so this is um i'm pulling from the same deck as last episode it's star seeds wisdom for spiritual growth by nari anastasia and what is our mantra to leave you with um let's see here i'm just gonna pull a random card guidance you are not alone you are guided by masters and teachers of the highest realms Mm. Mm, that's interesting because we've been saying how this is the perfect time to slow down figure out what areas of your life you need to address because the teachers are there and it's so funny because this and the guidance is it's like contrary to our last episode, uh-huh. which was like saying goodbye to the teachers and moving on and really like owning your own authority. But I feel like with body image issues, um, we definitely need support. You need support. You need you absolutely. I, I would not really, be where I am if I haven't yeah. if I hadn't had the support that I've had. I yeah. should say that I have not done it alone. Mm-hmm. I've had really good teachers teachers, guides, mentors Mm -hmm. that have picked up on the language that I've said and they've like stopped me mid-track to interrupt patterns because interrupting patterns is very powerful. Mm -hmm. And understanding the fact of we see more than what you're describing right Mm -hmm. now. You need to stop describing. I've literally been told this by one of my mentors, like, why are you talking about yourself that way? She said, yeah. You were saying things that you would not even be in my house if I thought that of you. And when she said that, I was like, I don't even realize what words I'm using sometimes to describe myself to other people. And And they believe it. Like you're fixated on one certain way. You have a myopic view Mm -hmm. of one thing about yourself, whether it's your the extra tummy or the thighs or or whatever it may be. The guidance, the people who can support you through the healing of body dysmorphia, they're going to take that myopic viewpoint, like you said, and expand Mm -hmm. it to see the whole of your being, the entirety of your being. You are more than just the way you look. Yes. Or how you feel you look. Yes. And if you're ready, like I said, reach out. If you're ready, when the student is ready, the teacher very much (laughs) does appear. So with that, we want to thank you guys for your time. We really hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. I am grateful to share the space with you, Brittany. I'm grateful for all of you listeners. Oh, Thanksgiving. Yes, so grateful. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to have an outlet for all of this content in my brain over the last 17 years that I know you know, could help someone out there. So I'm grateful if you're receiving this message and, and hopefully it inspire it, it, it presses upon you, not inspires you, but presses upon you to, to seek your relationship with yourself and find that authentic relationship sure. with yourself. Yeah. I'm definitely grateful for you too, Marcella, and all of you listening. Okay. We'll see you next time. Bye space Bye. babies. We loved having you on board this episode. Join us next time as we set course on all things spiritual, psychological, and astrological. Follow and rate us wherever you hear this transmission. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Grounded Space Cadets. Until next time, take care and be well, space babies.